it's time to learn from other teachers. Recruiting and retaining minority students in school-based agricultural education. That's today's topic on Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers. Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Travis Park from North Carolina State University, welcome to Owl Pellets. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We have two NC State people sitting here next to each other. It's a little disconcerting. Yes, and we do have a hand signal for our university. It's a little wolf. Go howling. Go wolf pack. I suppose you so, can't see that on the podcast. No, yeah, that's, 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 that's great radio right there, folks. That's, that's exciting Do the kangaroo, stuff. chop it up. There you, you go. Nailed it. Fantastic. So, Travis, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then tell us what we're, the, the topic of today is. So, I'm a associate professor of ag education at NC State and teach our upper level courses in teacher preparation, coordinate student teaching, uh, help prepare alternative or lateral entry teachers, and uh, helped uh, Dr. Jay Giratney and Dr. Jason Davis put together this Delphi study on recruiting minority students in our state into ag classes. So quick research update. What is a Delphi if you're driving to work? A Delphi is basically like a meeting where everyone has to agree, except we put numbers on it. Like, what does everyone agree with? And then you find the things that every, enough people agree with, and then that way you get these consensus items where it's like a really great meeting that's efficient where you actually know what everyone agreed to. So with this particular one, because I mean, we can talk a lot about recruiting and retaining students, especially recruiting and retaining minority students in our program. So... Give, give us the big picture here. Yeah, just to give you a little background, I suppose, for yeah. North Carolina, we've got a, a, a diverse state. Um, I feel like as I see high school ag students or FFA members of different competitions, you see diversity, probably not totally reflective of our school populations. Um, but just as an example, in, in Wake County, which is Raleigh, there's a, it's a town of a million people. And we have now 18 high school ag programs and three or four middle school programs and about 30 teachers. I don't know how many students we have across the county, but those schools are very much reflective. Uh, The ag programs are reflective of what we see in the schools. So we ask these teachers, what are your strategies? So here are the nine, you want me to do all nine? Yep, you couldn't get to 10. So these are the strategies. So from this study, right, you've got nine strategies to recruit minority students into your program so if you're an ag teacher and we've had this conversation a lot how do you get them there and then 10 that are how do you keep them there right yeah and these are from what the teachers told us we didn't this is (laughs) the teacher's words so in adelphi before i can understand what everyone agreed to who were the people that you found to be the panel like how did you decide who got to choose we asked, uh, Dr. Davis uh, is on state staff, and so he can see the membership roles of FFA members. So we asked the 30 
teachers out of um, 540 teachers in our state whose programs had the most diversity. Mm, cool. And of those that's 30 awesome. invited, I, we had 20 that responded that, that helped us out with the Delphi. And that's a great point, Marshall. So this is, point. this is info from people who have been successful who have done it. And what yes. do they all agree works? Yep. If I'm a teacher, this is rocking. I'm going to give a very subtle um, drum roll so Brian doesn't blow his eardrums out. <laughs> that's it. That's all you got. <laughs> One. What? One, one. I didn't know if I was supposed to start at the top or the no. bottom. I don't oh. know if it was. He got nervous. He, he got Letterman nervous. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> and nine. Number nine. <laughs> Being receptive to minorities and acting as an encourager. Okay. You'll see some themes here. We didn't really tackle the themes. We just used what the teacher sure. said. Uh, number eight. Demonstrating how ag education is different from some of the other electives in, in the school. Number seven, showing minorities who are excelling in FFA, so showing other peers who are excelling in FFA. Number six, demonstrating student growth through leadership development, so showing those minorities how they can improve career success, check out some career pathways, grow. Number five, care about your students. There's sort of an implied inference as individuals who they are. Yeah. Number four, showcase exceptional minorities in agriculture. Again, relates to number seven. It shows those who are excelling. Number three, minority students that you get into the program are really good at recruiting other minority students into the program. Number two, um, which is related to number three, friends recruit their friends. So the minority students recruit each other. And then number one, making a personal connection with potential students. So finding those students that uh, of minorities who look like they have good potential and reaching out to them as an ag teacher. So making that personal connection. So it's about relationships. Yeah, really it boils down to relationships. What you as a teacher uh, do to make connections with students in your school and provide an open, welcoming place, but then also using minority students to help recruit other minorities into the classes. One of the biggest things I heard in that list is like it takes me back to the class. It takes me back to the classroom because like I had my kids that my kiddos that were in my program and I met with them every day. But I also remember like how fun it was to go out in the hall and like we had the expectation at Cleveland High School it was a very large school. So we had an expectation that we had hall zones because you couldn't just like in my high school you just look down the hall. Right. But at Cleveland you had to take your zone. But I think to do any of those and to interact with people that aren't already in your program, you have to be engaged in the school community. Like you need to be out at the buses, you need to be at lunch. Like there needs to be interaction or you're not going to be able to interact with. So it, it, it makes me think about the barrier of if you are, I was in the school, I was right. not off site. So my ag chapter in Texaco, we would have been out at another building. And so, you know, like for me, Mr. Morrison wouldn't have had just daily hallway interaction or lunch interaction perhaps. So I mean, do you guys agree? I mean, the only way you can do that with people that aren't already in your program is to somehow be in contact with and interacting with the kiddos not in your program. Right. The other thing I saw in addition though, to what Mike said about relationship building, and yeah, check me on this, but I heard intentionality. It's, it's building those relationships. And I'm not saying just you go out and try to build these relationships and connections just to recruit. But you, as the teachers, they're having to be intentional about trying to make sure they're talking to every student and really 
I don't say forcing has a bad connotation, but you're, again, intentional about making sure you are, are talking with, connecting with every single student in the hallway or wherever else. It's not just about just going to the hallway. It's about making sure you're trying to, yeah. to talk with all those students. And where my mind went to on the student side, same thing. The, you want to attract well-rounded students that are involved in athletics or involved in other parts of the, the building. So <clears throat> when they're out there recruiting, they're pulling them in from other locations and saying, hey, come check out this agriculture program I'm part of. I, I guess one thing, I mean, as a list, as an ag teacher out there now, I think this would be some great things to be thinking about what that I, I can do to help make sure I'm reaching. Because you know, I think all of us, most of us have a goal that we think our program should be re- pretty reflective of our school population and, and those sort of things. But everything on that list, as good as it was, I, it was about working with a student. I, I guess I didn't hear, I guess I was expecting something about working with family or there, there is some other family member that might there, but that might have been implied in some of those things. And I guess I, I'm just going back to some of the other things that I've seen about recruiting students. Is sometimes it's important to connect with either the, like a matriarch, patriarch, or or somebody else in their lives to get them to do that. We also ask our teachers about barriers and challenges, and in in answering those questions they did cite lack of parental encouragement lack of family experience with agriculture lack of exposure to agriculture even you know the negative stigma right but as they so they our teachers inferring from what they told us see those they know those are barriers but they still again with intentionality and making personal relationships with students and getting to know all of their students you know especially students from diverse backgrounds you know they can overcome some of those barriers or all of them in a lot of cases. And, yeah. Well, it's like I'm thinking, like, if I'm driving in, like, what are purposeful ways that an ag teacher can get outside and get out of your, well, like, lunch duty, which I know no one wants to do it. But a good old lunch duty, I think the principle in me, the, the relationships you can build at lunch are unbelievable. And I think you, you get to a critical mass where if you're the fun, like everyone's like, have you ever met Mr. Baker? He's weird. You should go hang out. He's really funny or he's at lunch or whatever. Like I served on a prom committee and I served with student government once. And then I officiated basketball when I was an ag teacher. Oh, so I actually. That like, I wanted to see. Yeah. I <laughs> had a lot of relationships where I would officiate a tournament over a weekend and then I'd get to know some kiddos yeah. from my school. And that's where I. My, a lot of my recruitment base of people that weren't just already in my class. So it's like, where do you find that? Um, but then it goes back to, we just had the podcast three podcasts ago about like, we've reified what is success. Yeah. So now again, we've reified that you have to go like be on every board to meet people. So I wonder how you do that. One thing kind of related to the intention and the balance of uh, expectations of an ag teacher and the reification of success Having been in some of these schools, not all of them, but to observe like student teachers, um, I know in Wake County, where a lot of these teachers are from, they countywide have an expect an SAE expectation. And for instance, a school will say you, each student has to have ten SAE hours per marking period, which isn't a lot, right. but they can earn those, especially in the springtime, by working at the greenhouse in the greenhouse on weekends and then helping with plant sales so then you've got the parents in there or the kids in there and if they're going to be in there on a saturday the parents are going to stop by and it's kids working with other kids outside of a class setting you know 
maintaining the greenhouse, helping with sales. So you get a different community outside of the classroom where everyone can be a part and feel success regardless of who you are. And and it brings parents in. So plus it also helps with SAE, builds some diversity, builds some community. And the teacher's going to be there anyway with plant sales, so might as well do a lot. And I, and I guess for myself, and after we get to move to the retention thing here in a question, and I think of myself, one of, the, one of the things I could slip into, because a lot of those nine things you talked about sounds like things you would use to recruit any student. And I, so I, I think that the thing would be is, it's, it's not, we're not asking you maybe to do that much more different, but also don't just think that you're already doing it if, if you're not seeing the minority students in your program and how to make sure and be intentional about that. And, and I mean, I need you know a lot of uh, you know growth and you know not not to fall into this trap and, and say well I'm already doing this stuff. It is that intentionality piece. And again, having been in which is outside of our research, but having been in these schools and just looking at the classrooms and the, the facilities, I don't, I'm not sure these teachers are aware, but there's there's things you don't see in these programs, yeah. and you. You see kind of everything has a space, but nothing is a dominant place, a dominant space. So there's not a lot of traditional ag country kinds of things. You know, there's not a lot of, for us, it would be camouflage and work boots and sort of stereotypical rope country knives. pardon rope knives yeah more of a yeah. melting pot it is, it is in the classroom and yeah. you know the posters that are up are some of the good posters that you know national face put out with diverse populations in there and and it's it's you know there's ag tools there's equipment there's lab equipment but it's not there's not a you don't sense a dominant culture or subculture in the classroom cool. but it yes i think we have to do something but the other thing, just the caveat I keep thinking on this is like, when I was at the Met, I had this vision that I would take them to national convention. My entire class was, was pretty much minorities. And I was so excited about that. And I worked with Robert Moses, who was is big and, and, and done a lot in ag education. And like, you can do all this and you can hang out with them at lunch. And so I don't want it, I don't want it to come across that you just got to hang out with people and then you'll get them in because... A lot of the people I could build a relationship and they would just think I was fun and I would think they were cool and then I'd be like, come to Ag, man. And they'd be like, nah, hard pass. Why? I'm not, I mean, it's cool and stuff, but like, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in this. That just doesn't interest me. So then I always got this thing. It's like, you drag them to this thing that they're not interested in and then you start getting into this bigger question of like, why are they not interested in? And that's like this whole other <laughs> podcast that we don't even have much research to talk about. So that's the other hard thing is to set that up where you got to do all you can and try to be inclusive. But I think we also have some bigger challenges of like, what if I do everything possible, but they just don't want to be in the club? Like they just right. don't want that is another challenge. I think I, I hit that's right. the wall I hit. Yeah. So tell us about the, what you guys find with retention in the words of our teachers. Number 11, taking uh, your students to non-competitive FFA events. Hmm. And we know that culturally, that some cultures or some students just period, the competition is not what they're interested in, at least at hmm. first. They want to get to know other people and, and be part of a group. Uh, treating minorities in, as another student. 
Okay, they're one of the, one of the crew. So uh, this I think is important: selecting a diverse group of people when discussing the leaders in your program. So if I, you know, when the school board needs someone to speak, you select some of those students with some intentionality and um, elevate diverse groups of students. Uh, introduce fun activities. Explore their student the students' own interests. So let them find out how we can connect agriculture to to their lives, their backgrounds. Uh, help them succeed in the class and in a lot of ways we have a lot of second language learners and so finding ways that we can uh, help them learn the language of agriculture is, is important helps them succeed in class get them connected involved create interest in agriculture build that continue to build that teacher student relationship uh, mainly by talking to the minority students and, and getting to know their friends and getting buy-in you know inviting the students to invite their friends to FFA activities or ag, ag activities. So. Okay. Again, it goes back to developing interest, I think, and building relationships and wanting your program to look like the rest of the school or the community. Man, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. This is one of those that's like, there are some things at, at, at our control. There are things within our control, like these great tips that we can do. And then there's this, this, this deeper, bigger, yeah. more complex, uh, hard to wrestle with part of this challenge. But I do think what I love about this study is it does give a teacher a very here and now thing that they can just think about, like, am I interacting? Am I, you know, like when you know that school community, Teachers know each other and they're like, oh, that Mr. Park, he's a racket, man. Have you met him, man? Mr. Mr. Park is cool. Have you met him? Like being engaged in that community, I think, is one thing with all those relationships. Um, it does give teachers some things here and now they can do. But the te- And the teacher is the agent of change. You have to want to make an effort to bring all, of your, all students mm-hmm. into your program. And have some diversity, and that's what I see. I mean, some of knowing these teachers involved, some of them are. I mean, none of them are student uh, teachers of color. One, one was a teacher of color. They're all Caucasian, males and females, um, but from all parts of our state in urban areas. So we've got a couple of these teachers are from way out in the mountains, where it is very one-dimensional kind of culture in a way but yet they find ways to bridge gaps and build relationships with their students and bring lots of minorities into the program one of the things i have caused me to think about too is that you know the 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 teacher is the change agent and that that's an important element but Mm -hmm. there's also this peer-to-peer issues and creating an environment within the classroom and within the program where um, a, a diverse group of students and a student body can get along and thrive and succeed and, and learn from one another. And that takes kind of a special talent and, and some intentionality as well. Absolutely. As an anecdote, it's some of these teachers are the ones that are sending us the most ag ed students as well. Awesome. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a nice benefit as well. Well, you know, I think this is a great conversation. As, as Marshall put, put it so well, there's, this is a large issue, but these are some, some things. Because, um, again, ag teachers, a lot of us, we tend to be doers. We want these things to be operating every day, and so it does give us some good information there to, to be thinking about this, but also to be thinking 
that we want to make sure that we're meeting the needs of our students and helping them be successful. And it's not for every single student, but still, you're a member of that school community and, and to be a, an important part of that. And that's still, whether or not you, that a student in your school is in your class or not, as that teacher during lunchroom duty or whatever else, you still made an impact on that student and you don't know what that is. And I mean, I remember lunchroom duty, watch, watching ninth graders eat is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life, but I was raised on a hog farm. Um, but, you know, I go back, and even now you said that, Marshall, I was thinking about some of those students I never had in class, but you, you, the, in the interactions that you would have with those students. And so our hope is that, that all of you listening today be thinking about how you can uh, make sure you're recruiting uh, for, throughout your school and meeting the needs of your students, and hopefully consider these lists as just kind of a, if not a to-do list of things to do, but kind of as a checkpoint to making sure that from the outside, are we doing these things? Would it be perceived by, by other people to make sure that we're creating this, this environment that's welcoming, that, I'm, that I really am open and welcome to all students? Because I don't think any of us want to say that we're excluding students, but so often, I, even for myself, I know that looking back as something that is like, wow, I can really see now that in the moment I didn't see that as being exclusive, but looking back, it really was. And this may be just a chance to hit the pause button for a minute and think back and to look at those things. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys, all, we appreciate you and your entire team of authors uh, for doing this. All your contact information is going to be available um, in the infographic. And so as people have comments and questions, they can reach out to you as, as some experts to do this. Uh, this is an important topic that we've been uh, wrestling with for a while, but I really appreciate the, the way that you guys have attached, uh, attacked this problem and provided some real um, real steps and things to think about. So, Travis, thanks for being on Outpellets today. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Outpellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Al Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Al Pellets saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Al Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.